Hello and welcome to Lit with Meredith. I'm your host, Meredith, and today I am joined by Annika, who is here to discuss love in the time of cholera. Welcome, Thank you Annika. for having me, Meredith. I'm so happy you're here. Um, all right, to get started, why did you choose this book? I remember you were kind of deciding between yeah. the two. Um, my dad loves this book. It's one of his favorite books. Um, and I knew Gabriel Garcia Marquez um, as a very good author and very well respected. So I thought that this book was, it was definitely caught my eye right away. And then I read the title and it was Love in the Time of Cholera. And so I was thinking about <gasps> pandemics and I was like, hey, crazy, we're mm. in a pandemic. So I thought it would was very appropriate. <laughs> It is very appropriate. And, you know, um, I, I don't, I hope cholera doesn't have that many uh, similarities to coronavirus <laughs> uh, beyond both being uh, mm-hmm, pandemics. Let's hope so. Um, and people trying to fall in love during, you know, the time yes. of their existence in probably very different mm-hmm. ways, though. Um, can you give me kind of a brief summary about what this book is about without giving away too many yeah. spoilers? Um, this book is basically a story of unrequited love. It takes us through the journey of two characters, Fermina and Florentino. Um, and it's basically the story of they come from different worlds and there is in the time of cholera, but it takes place on how even through 50 years of her constantly saying rejecting him his love stays Mm. for her and i don't know how that ends you'd have to read and find out oh gosh what a well if that doesn't get people to read it i don't know what will (laughs) unrequited love and uh an open-ended uh possibility for the Mm. end oof man um so I'm guessing you Yes, I really, I loved it. I started and it was the first chapter. There's only six chapters, but each chapter's mm. like 50 to 75 pages. Um, so very okay. long. But I read the first chapter and it was very confusing because two people died in the very beginning, but not of cholera. So I was like, what is this book about? Oh. But then I kept going and it's such a page turner. I couldn't put it down. Um. I mean, that's a great recommendation as well. What were some of the major like themes in the book that you noticed? Um, the Definitely the theme of unrequited love, as I mentioned before, but also just mm-hmm. having faith and sticking it out. I also think that another theme that comes to play is the, like, no matter how much you deny things that are going on, like they're happening anyways. Um, and mm. that sort of comes across throughout Fermina's story and Florentino's story. Um, and I think it also brings up a theme of the want for rebellion and sort of how that increases passion um, throughout their relationship and the other character stories along the way. Um, and also it has themes of like how you deal with loss and all of that mm. in this world of like everything is changing really fast and also commitment. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot yes. going on. <laughs> Which is very uh very emblematic of Marquez's yeah. style. Um, they're, they're generally like uh, multiple timelines and you're maybe hearing from multiple characters. Um, in terms of like the structure and style of the writing, um, what can you tell yeah. us about it? Um, he writes very beautifully. His sentences tend to be very long and detailed, um, which kind of like mm-hmm. wraps you into it. 
he writes it looks seems like it would be like just a true story it's like very realistic it's set in Colombia which is also where he's from so it's very like of the time and it's like a fictional story of what could be current events but he definitely adds mm. little bits of really ideal situations that don't seem super realistic which I thought was a really interesting twist to his style of writing now, uh, when I hear Marquez, I immediately think of magical yes. realism. Um, was there some of that in this book? I can't really Yeah, remember. I mean, I first noticed it. I didn't notice it at first, but there's a part in the middle where um, Fermina is greeted by her dead husband. But it's very casual. Mm. He's just, you know, he's there, obviously, as yeah. dead husbands are in your room. So right. <laughs> that is... And everyone just, like, goes along with it. They're like, oh, Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that definitely came up for me. I think it's more in his other books, um, but it definitely came into play in this one. Very casually, right in, as if it's truth, but it's it has this element to it. And, like, he can predict what's happening, even though he's not there, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That was always what I found very interesting about, like, when I think magical realism, I think Marquez. But, like, the way magical realism kind of works into mm-hmm. a text... Often it's just like casually dropped in there and everyone seems okay with it. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a book we read in world literature where like the cats can talk and like nobody questions it. It's just like, like fact. Like, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. The cats talk, like fish fall from the sky mm-hmm. and nobody is like freaking out <laughs> about it. Um, which I, I think magical realism often gets a bad reputation of like being strange and um, unusual and unpredictable, but it, sometimes it's just, you know, a little bit of weirdness mm-hmm. dropped into the middle yeah, of the book. Yeah, like you wouldn't think there's a parrot in the beginning. And yes, parrots are known to be able to like say phrases back and repeat and speak, but this parrot like yeah. it directly responds to what he says to the parrot in a completely different sentence. And you're just like, they have hmm. a whole conversation. And I was just like, wow, this parrot is either really intelligent <laughs> <laughs> or there's something exactly. else at play here. Um, what surprised you most while you were reading it? Um, I think what surprised me most was the time it took for the story and the love to be like satisfied. Because at first, when yeah. I was reading the description of the book, I was like, oh, it's a love story between these two people. But most of the book is not with them together. Um, and sort of the yeah. process of either them writing letters to each other and being separated or trying to involve themselves with other people to distract themselves from each other. And that definitely was interesting to me. You go through all of Florentino's different relationships that he has. Um, and that surprised me a lot, too, because he was so devoted to Fermina. And then he gets into all these relationships with like younger women and other um, people on and off and so I think that's what shocked me a lot is because he was so devoted to her but he his life took sort of a spin um, but he never really forgot her he worked his whole life to like get a job and stuff to be able to be approved by her and her family um, so I thought right. that, that was really interesting though it definitely was way more in depth than like your average love story it was like not about the two of them at all which makes you want to keep reading because you're like when is it going to happen because they go hot and cold so fast right and there's like this 
um, will they, won't they, like, we've spent, you know, how many hours trying to, waiting for them to get together and, um, like, your two favorite uh, sitcom characters on, like, will they eventually get together or will, you know, they find love with yes, somebody else. Yes, exactly. It made me think of, like, How I Met Your Mother. And it was, like, not until mm. the last, like, 30 pages of the book that it finally happens. And I was like, are you kidding me? Right. But it was so <laughs> worth it. It was so good. Yeah. You get there and you're like, oh, now, now I understand. I understand why we had to go through all of that exactly. to get here. Um, were there any particular quotes? Like Marquez has just this incredible way with words and like his mastery of language is really poetic. Were there yes. quotes or scenes that really stood out to you? Yes. I, one quote stood out to me that I wrote down and circled because um, I'm mm. in psychology now too. And we were talking about how amputees, when their legs are cut off, they have like sensations. Oh. Um, but he, Phantom yes, limbs. exactly. But he sort of turned this writing into like their feelings. He said, um, once he had told her something that she could not imagine, the amputees suffer pains, cramps, itches, and the leg that is no longer there. That is how she felt without him, feeling his presence where he oh. no longer was. And that was just so beautiful in how she, mm. even though she's like trying to cut him off, like the more that just makes him a part of her life. That's so mm -hmm. beautiful. Like... Like, I want you to be a part of my life and I, I need you to be there. Like, I feel you as mm -hmm. a part of me, but like, I, I need to remove you as well for like my overall exactly. well-being. Um, this isn't a question I necessarily sent you, but what did this book kind of make you think about in terms of like today's uh, society, either regarding like coronavirus and like long distance um, friendships or relationships or did it make you think about contemporary love stories and how they differ from this one? Yeah. Um, I, the first thought definitely the, throughout the book, I was thinking of comparisons to how we're living right now um, and mm -hmm. how it's different because it was through water and how, what we think of as like, we're avoiding like interacting closely with people and they're avoiding yeah. like water and it is the love that sends them to like overcome that. And that is eventually what like they do in the end when they go to the water and that's sort of their form of rebellion. And so they, I think that mm. brings together both like contemporary relationships and the whole epidemic and disease because they're centered and they care for each other so much that they can say that they have cholera and if that means they can be together. Um, and so I think that was really beautiful, but also scary um for them and as they're like really old and like what that means but they just cared about each other so much um I definitely think mm. that these days in contemporary relationships people don't have as much of an attention span um mm -hmm. <laughs> like he was he found out she was getting married and he waited 52 years and never married anymore oh. he just like was there for her and was like saving himself for her he said and like all these things and he was waiting until the day that her husband died. And I think that that's definitely a difference between contemporary relationships where people, I think still may have that feeling for someone, but I feel like people are quicker to move on. <laughs> yeah. I don't think love in the time of cholera and Tinder really exist in the same realm. Exactly. Uh, those don't seem like um, really elements that like, 
you have immediate gratification with Tinder in terms of like, oh, well, if I'm not satisfied with this person, I'll just immediately move on to the mm-hmm. next person. This dude waited 52 years because she married someone mm-hmm. else. And I can't even get a text back? Come on. <laughs> um, in talking about the characters, we've talked a, a little about their dedication. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of in terms of like character development? Did do you relate to any of the characters? Yeah. Um, I think the characters definitely developed a lot for a while. I thought that for Mina was kind of annoying because she kept rejecting Mm. him um, and being very hot and cold and standoffish. But I definitely grew to understand her character and like her more as she, Mm -hmm. like when the the book talks about her, it sort of has like repetitions of bringing back the scene of her and her husband, Dr. Urbino in their bedroom. Um, And I think Mm. that brought out another side to her that sort of gave the audience sympathy for her um through her relationship was very superficial and they clearly didn't have the love for each other that she had with florentino um and i think that was really big part of her character development because she went through that marriage for so long and had to become his wife and all the societal things that that meant but she i think was sort of broken through that and forgot how it was to feel but then was able to become stronger through that um, which was really inspiring and how she could be with him for so long was really sad. But she also was like, both of them went through it um, really like proudly. And then I think mm. that Florentino also was a very bold man. I respect him a lot in his waiting for her, um, even mm. though he got a little distracted along the way. I don't know if I um, particularly relate to these characters it's very That's extreme okay. you know so maybe someday i'll wait 52 years that sounds pretty fun but <laughs> hopefully i won't have to um but i also related to she her aunt um for Mina's aunt in the beginning is like her mm-hmm. it was sort of funny and that she was always with her but she was like supporting her and her different like endeavors and like telling her like go 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 and i sort of related to that a lot like with my friends and how i like act around them it's funny that you say, like, I, you know, one day I'll wait 52 years for, for somebody. And, like, we're stuck in a situation where we're struggling to wait, like, six weeks to see yes. somebody. Um, so 52 years seems, uh, like, it's how? so hard. How? How could you possibly do that? I get frustrated when, like, you know, Netflix takes longer to load mm-hmm. than usual. Um, but maybe that's just we live in a, a society of immediate gratification. Yeah, we definitely do. So maybe this will teach us to wait a little bit. Oh, <laughs> some mm-hmm. patience. Um, okay, so moving on to a slightly different topic. Annika, do you have a favorite book of oh, all time? Uh, wow. I was thinking about this one and I went with two paths. I either I recently read um, Franny and Zoe by J.D. Salinger, which I love. J.D. Salinger. Oh, so good. Um and want to definitely read more of his books. They're so good. But that one's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I mean, I think often it goes, we, we just think Salinger and we think mm-hmm. Kesha and Rye. But there are so many other things mm-hmm. to read. All short stories. Uh, and, and Yeah. Um, so maybe you can read some J.D. Salinger for this project. We oh, have that'd up. be so good. There That's you go. 
Um, I was going to ask you, what do you think constitutes a classic? Um, Love in the Time of Cholera is often listed not only as like a classic piece of literature, but a, a classic representation of uh, magical realism or um, of Caribbean and uh, Latin American literature. Um, what do you think constitutes a classic? Mm, I definitely, um, I think that what makes this one a classic is you look at the plot line and the different things that happen along the way. And I can see how different newer works have been inspired by it. Like some of the plot mm. lines, I'm like, Oh, I've seen that before. Or like this type of love story has been replicated. And I think that it had been replicated mm -hmm. before that, but I think that's what part of it is makes it timeless because even though it's set in the time of cholera, as we can see like now, but also in other instances and you can make comparisons. It's very relatable to lots of different mm -hmm. situations, which I think um, also classifies it as a classic. Definitely the magic realism and that sort of ideal, like crazy things can happen in life, but that is like a way yeah. that readers can sort of escape into this world. Um, it also leaves you longing and like, because it's such a happy ending sort of, you can it leaves mm -hmm. you happy and you just want to read it again, which I think also makes it a classic because you're not going to get bored of reading it because it does. It's not just yeah. all glorifying life like, oh, everyone's happy, like lots of people die in this book. And it's really real to what's happening in the world. But it also mm. brings sort of light in it. And I think that's what also makes it a classic is being able to find like light and hard situations, which a lot of people can also relate to and or want to relate to. Right. We don't often get happy endings mm -hmm. in like classic mm -hmm. literature. Like, so it's nice yeah. to see that. And Gabriel Garcia then. Marquez is just such a good writer. I think that also probably right. helps it be a classic. The writing is like, how does he think of these beautiful sentences? Yeah. The kind of sentences that you write down on like a, an index card and you, you know, put up on your wall and you're like, oh gosh, who mm -hmm. even wrote that? Mm -hmm. um, how would you describe your relationship with reading in three words? Three words. Um, Three. Okay. Slow. Love. Slow. Yes. Love. I'm slow. Love and um, entertaining. I'm a very slow reader, mm. but I love to read, and it is very entertaining for me. But it's hard because it's me so long. But I it makes That's me okay. appreciate it, right? If you can only <laughs> right. <laughs> And you're now an expert in patience, having, uh, you know, lived the 52 years mm. uh, that it took him to be reunited with his yes. love. <laughs> All right. Well, Annika, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you okay, tomorrow. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Meredith. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.